Welcome to My Cousin Jane, a podcast about Jane Austen and her works, with your host, Lee Phelan. Welcome back to another episode of My Cousin Jane. Each week, we look at what you might think of as the behind-the-scenes featurettes or deleted scenes of a particular chapter in Austen's books. This week, we're going to talk about Pride and Prejudice, Chapter 10. Chapter 10 is one of my favorite chapters in Pride and Prejudice. The banter between Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy, as well as the attempts on Caroline Bingley's part to simultaneously disparage Elizabeth and use her to get Mr. Darcy's attention, are all great examples of Jane Austen's ability to use smart dialogue and social wit to tell an interesting story. In this chapter, we have yet another Regency card game introduced to us. Let's listen to this clip, courtesy of Karen Savage and LibriVox.org. And in the evening, Elizabeth joined their party in the drawing-room. The loo table, however, did not appear. Mr. Darcy was writing, and Miss Bingley, seated near him, was watching the progress of his letter, and repeatedly calling off his attention by messages to his sister. Mr. Hurst and Mr. Bingley were at piquet, and Mrs. Hurst was observing their game. We've talked about Commerce, Ventoon, and Lou, and this week we find our Netherfield friends playing piquet, which is a two-player trick-taking game. If you don't remember how trick-taking games work, go back and review episode 9 of this season, where we talk about the rules of the game of Lou. Piquet is one of those games that seems really complicated at first, but once you start playing it, it seems really simple. But then, once you understand what's happening, you realize there's more to it than you thought. If you want the complete rules to this and many other fascinating historical games, I recommend you check out John McLeod's popular historical card game reference site, pagat.com. That's P-A-G-A-T dot com. But here's a quick summary. You start with a deck of 32 cards, containing only the cards 7 through Ace. Each player is dealt 12 cards, which leaves 8 in a draw pile. Players take turns each round as either the elder or younger hands. Each round has three phases, exchange, declaration, and trick-taking. The elder hand goes first in each phase. In the exchange phase, the elder hand can exchange up to five cards with the draw pile, while the younger can exchange up to three, and the goal is to make your hand as good as possible. In the second or declaration phase, the elder hand declares their best plays in several different categories. After each declaration, which is done without revealing any cards, the younger hand announces whether they can beat that play or not. Points are then awarded according to how good each player's declarations were. After all the declarations are made, the elder hand leads the trick-taking phase of the round. Now what makes PK so interesting is that even though you never see your opponent's cards until the trick-taking round begins, if you're paying close attention to what's declared during the declaration phase, and you remember what cards you discarded in the exchange phase, you can almost always figure out what cards your opponent has, which allows you to plan your strategy for the trick-taking portion. It's a fun game with a few different variations, and I recommend you find a copy of the rules and play through it a couple of times with a friend. You can also find digital versions of the game online. Now, the game is also referred to as Le Cent, and appears under that name in the classic French story Gargantua and Pentagruel, which we discussed back in episode 6. Now, in case card games aren't your thing, and honestly, I'm hoping I never have to describe the rules to another Regency card game on this podcast again, let's turn our attention to letter writing and Miss Caroline Bingley's observations on what a great letter writer Mr. Darcy seems to be. How delighted Miss Darcy will be to receive such a letter. He made no answer. You write uncommonly fast. You are mistaken. I write rather slowly. 
How many letters you must have occasion to write in the course of a year? Letters of business, too. How odious I should think them. It is fortunate, then, that they fall to my lot instead of yours. Pray tell your sister that I long to see her. I have already told her so once, by your desire. I am afraid you do not like your pen. Let me mend it for you. I mend pens remarkably well. Thank you. But I always mend my own. How can you contrive to write so even? He was silent. Tell your sister I am delighted to hear of her improvement on the harp, and pray let her know that I am quite in raptures with her beautiful little design for a table, and I think it infinitely superior to Miss Grantley's. Will you give me leave to defer your raptures till I write again? At present I have not room to do them justice. Oh, it is of no consequence. I shall see her in January. But do you always write such charming long letters to her, Mr. Darcy? They are generally long, but whether always charming it is not for me to determine. Let's talk about this idea of mending pens. According to an article written for the Jane Austen Society of North America by Robert Hereford, mending pens was something that most people preferred to do themselves, though there was a difference between mending pens and cutting them into their initial shapes. Most people during the Regency era wrote with either a feather quill or a graphite pencil. In this scene, Darcy would have been writing with a feather quill and ink. Turning a feather into a quill was a relatively specialized task, and most people did not do this themselves. But mending a pen, the feather quill equivalent of sharpening your pencil, was something that most people did prefer to do themselves. But before we talk about how to do it, let's talk about why it was needed. There were two main kinds of ink in use during the Regency period. Carbon black, which was made from mixing soot or lamp black with either gum or glue, and iron gall ink, which was made from soaking gall nuts from an oak tree in water, and then mixing in an iron salt. Both inks were typically sold in powdered form, and you would add water to them before use. Since this made the ink relatively wet, it would cause the tip of the quill to soften and deform as it was used to write. Most of the time, writers would have three or four quills standing by, and when one became too wet to use, they would switch to another until the wet one dried out. You can make your tips last a little longer by writing on a softer surface, which is why many Regency-era writing desks or letter-writing boxes that you would put on top of a desk usually had felt tops. But mending a pen was relatively straightforward. Most people used a small knife, cleverly referred to as a pen knife, to sharpen and reshape the tip of the quill. But again, you couldn't do this until the quill had dried out. One last note on this scene. Most people during this time period learned to write using English roundhand style so we can assume that this is the style of writing Mr. Darcy was using. If you want to explore the topic of Regency handwriting in more detail, I recommend getting a copy of Barbara Heller's special edition of Pride and Prejudice. Heller used the silence of paleography, the study of historic handwriting, to recreate plausible handwriting styles for each of the letters in the novel based on the writer's personalities and background. Heller based much of her research on the study of Jane Austen's handwriting, as well as conversations with expert calligraphers. Heller's special edition of Pride and Prejudice includes 19 hand-folded letters with appropriate postmarks, which have been inserted into, quote, pouches placed at just the right moments in the story. You can find a link to that book in our show notes on mycousinjane.com. That wraps up this episode of My Cousin Jane. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to help support the show, please head over to leefalen.com slash mycousinjane, sign up for our newsletter, or click on the little donate button. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening.